0: Uh, welcome along. It's the first uh, episode of From the Resort podcast for 2023. Episode number 43. It's the 20th of January 2023. I'm here at the lovely Saint Mar- Hotel Saint Moritz uh, in Queenstown. Uh, my guest today is the general manager of the hotel here. Her name is uh, Joe Finnegan. Uh, she's she's as I said the general manager of Hotel Saint Moritz and also on the uh, Queenstown Chamber of Commerce board. Welcome along to the podcast, Joe.
1: Thanks, Tim. Great to be here.
0: Uh, thank you very much for uh, for being a guest on the first guest of the podcast for 2023. Um, I guess where we'd like to start off these uh, podcasts, Joe, is a bit about early life. So where were you born? Where did you sort of grow up? Where, where What sort of background? Have you had family, that sort of thing?
1: Sure. Well, uh, I'm a Kiwi. Yes. I started my life in Hamilton. Um, I was born in the Waikato and uh, in a what was then a very lovely little rural settlement of Tamahiri and uh, I went to Tamahiri Model Country Primary School which was really um, delightful. I, I have very fond memories of Raising my sheep and lambs for Calf Club Day and all that kind of thing. Anyway, we uh, when I was about seven, we moved to Auckland. So predominantly Auckland was where I grew up.
0: Okay, so uh, brothers and sisters, how many?
1: I have a younger sister, younger so sister. she's in Auckland now.
0: And what were the parents uh, doing as an as a occupation when you were growing up?
1: Well, that's interesting. My father was a um, mechanical engineer, so he was actually running uh, everything from uh, aircraft um, manufacturing um, in the aviation Mm. trainer industry, right through to castings, and then finally in the industry of um, making filtration systems for cars and things like that. My mother uh, actually trained as an opera singer, so wow. she was, um, she didn't practice as an opera singer, but she was a, a music teacher. So she taught piano and, and uh, singing.
0: Okay, excellent. Yeah. That's, so that's a bit about that. So I guess, can you, earliest sort of memories growing up, uh, when you sort of got to Auckland, um, what was school life like there? Did you enjoy it? Uh, what were some of the sports and hobbies that you may have had uh, growing up in, uh, in Auckland?
1: You're really going into a lot of no, <laughs> a lot of detail. I just like to get the, Fascinating. Get no, no, around. that's great. Um, so I went. My secondary schooling was at um, a private Auckland girls' school. Uh, so very one-dimensional uh, of the time. So uh, pretty much in the 80s and uh, school was fantastic. We had, I was very fortunate in my year group. um, I'm still uh, very close friends with a huge amount of of those girls. And um, we were very privileged to have an incredible education. Um, My parents put everything into being able to afford to to send us there. And uh, so sports wise, I was a swimmer tennis, netball, tried cricket for a week, hated it, didn't do that, Um, and sort of exposed to a huge amount of opportunity, I was pretty privileged in that regard. My family were sailors so we spent every moment uh, sailing.
0: So whereabouts would you sail?
1: Um, Mainly around the Auckland Hauraki Gulf up to the Bay Bay of Islands. Okay. All of our holidays were on our Small yacht, um, barrier round round that way. Yep, so again, kind of a quintessential Auckland upbringing.
0: Are mm. you a person that still enjoys it to this day, sailing? Or?
1: <clears throat> well, the Wakatipu presents an interesting sailing uh, situation. When I first arrived here, I raced on the fleet of etchels that were uh, on a sort of semi sinking marina in Frankton. <clears throat> that was in 2001. Um, Those etchels I think, ended up in Wanaka as a fleet. But um, no, I don't sail anymore, unfortunately. It's sort of a distant memory, unfortunately. I've got to to find my way back onto a yacht somehow. (laughs) Yes.
0: Um, Okay, so that's some of of those uh, hobbies, I guess, growing up. Uh, Can you remember what your first job was as a teenager? Your first job.
1: My first job was uh, actually at... a a department store called Smith & Coe's and uh, I probably was about 14 so my mother used to drop me at one end of uh, Broadway Newmarket uh, with a letter of introduction to get an after-school job and I would walk down into every shop to try and see if I could get a job and, and Smith & Coe's was it. So I was in the lingerie department And then I was in the cosmetics department and I had no idea what I was doing and uh, used to remember seeing or serving these women who are probably my age now, uh, cosmetics and face creams and things and thinking, oh my God, you're so wrinkly, why bother, you know, why bother (laughs) even buying those creams, it's too late. But um, of course, not a wrinkle on my face when I was thirteen. So nah. yeah,
0: oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, so obviously, we going through your school. Uh, were you sort of we did well academically, and how did you sort of go at school?
1: Uh, probably marginally above average, but I think I was more of a of a fair to middling student, interested in sport, and generally just kind of scraping by. Yeah. I did engage with um with learning a little bit more uh, as i discovered some incredible teachers the the older i got so mm. i did um i did my seventh form and then went to university after that so mm. yeah so, what did, so tell us so, where did you go
0: to university and what did you study
1: uh, i went to auckland university mm-hmm. and um i did a bachelor of property management so it's called a CPA or a Bachelor of Property Administration at the time. So very small faculty. There were only about thirty okay. of us in each year. That's so fairly it's fairly
0: small, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, really small. Especially Auckland. Yeah. Um, but did you obviously enjoy property? As sort of when did you decide that's what you wanted to sort of do? Was it one of those things I'll test the water, I think this is good, or was it something something you'd always sort of looked forward to leading up to that?
1: Yeah. So I one of my. Stronger subjects at school was geography and okay. English and I <coughs> decided that or well, I knew of myself that if I went into a larger pool of people such as uh, commerce or just a BA I possibly would just get lost and wouldn't, yeah. wouldn't really have a, a thing or any area of expertise oh, yeah. that I would come out of university with and so the idea of property was quite nice, it sort of aligned a little bit with, um, unfortunately, actually a career guidance person, because I said I didn't love maths, yeah. she said I couldn't be an architect and that was actually my, the, the career I had really aspired to. Um, so, property was kind of adjacent to <laughs> architecture, it was in the same faculty. Yep. Related to geography, it was quite strong with geography. So, um, yeah, that's how I ended up there.
0: Okay, so, and, and well, well, I guess uh, once you sort of graduated uh, or finished with, at university, what were some of your first, I guess, career jobs uh, after that?
1: So, again, I, I, in the late 80s when I was there, the stock market crash happened. Okay. And it was very evident that there were going to be no jobs for graduates. Yeah. So before I graduated, I got the Yellow Pages out. And again, it was probably thanks to my mother's uh, dropping me off at one end of Broadway and making me door knock for jobs. Um, I went through the Yellow Pages and called property companies to try and get some work before I graduated. Uh, And so I did. I managed to find a role with a teeny tiny fledgling property company called Colliers. So in the late 80s, they had really only just opened a branch in New Zealand and they were the only people hiring, not firing during that stock market crash. So it was quite interesting. I was hired as a research assistant and worked with a guy who was in charge of research from Guam hmm. and he was quite savvy with computers at the time and was an incredible teacher so we there was no such thing as Excel or even a mouse with a computer in those days right. but we used Lotus 123 and we had to yes. do quite a lot of um, presentations to the directors for property trends and market things and yeah so i became quite good with um quite handy with a, a computer thanks to him
0: mm. yeah so so i guess um with the colliers how long were you working with them for him or what are, i guess what are the other some of the any other highlights
1: oh i i loved my time with colliers i spent 10 years with them yeah um at that stage they were colliers jardine and yeah. um so, I was several years in in Auckland. I ended up in the retail leasing team. So, I was doing commercial real estate, um, mainly with shopping centre developments. And, you know, Newmarket Broadway was, was in high demand, Takapuna was in high demand, um, you know, that sort of thing. So, I was very involved in that. Then I moved to Wellington to do uh, property development, uh, leased that up uh, in central Wellington. Mm-hmm. So I was there for maybe a year and then Sydney for a couple of years and then back to Auckland and then throw it all in
0: back to Auckland and then through okay so And
1: then went on a ski trip to Queenstown.
0: Okay. So let's talk a little bit about Queenstown. So growing up uh, obviously mainly on the North Island, Auckland, you know, uh, all the all that time up there. Did you sort of come down to Queenstown much uh, during your youth?
1: No, never.
0: Never at all. No. So when was it? So on the boat. what? I guess uh, as you know, as you sort of come to this place, you can get quite hooked to it. Um, mm. the, the landscaping, the the beautiful lakes, the snowing in snow season, um, just the beauty of the place. Is that what sort of attracted you um, to sort of investigate moving here, or? Or
1: coming down here? No. Well, of course, the beauty of the place and and the lifestyle and so on, but that came after having visited. So during my property studies at university, our cohort of 30, we all decided that we'd learn to ski. Some already could ski, and we ended up at yeah, on the occasional weekend. Mm -hmm. And then um, some of us... Uh, ended up on buying a ski express trip to Queenstown mm. and we uh, that was the first visit and uh, fell in love with it then and then um, about a decade later was when I actually moved here.
0: Okay. So a decade after you'd finished with Colliers or?
1: No straight after finishing with Colliers but yeah. a decade after I first coming to Queenstown
0: okay yeah yeah okay, yeah so uh, okay that's right just getting my time um so when you so when you did sort of move to Queenstown what was the first job that you had here or was it the one we're talking uh, did you sort of start working where did you start working i guess when you moved
1: so um again uh, i was a little bit concerned about how i would fit in the Queenstown landscape at the time which was 2001 really because there were no big shopping centres for me to be be involved with. Um, Retail leasing was certainly not a thing and um, I didn't like the idea of getting into residential real estate or any other aspect of real estate, so um, it it was really a blank canvas for me. Mm. So I uh, went for my first job interview. well, I applied to be a lifty, actually, with NZ Ski, and I yep. was rejected. Oh, okay. So, um, never even had an interview with, with them, so that was kind of funny. Um, and then I uh, ended up having an interview, my first interview, and secured a role with White Waters at the time with John McDonald. Okay. And lovely John, he and I are, are good mates to this day, and uh, he offered me the job selling advertising in the White Waters Guide and So what's
0: the White Waters Guide? I'm not familiar uh, it.
1: It was the go-to publication for tourists to uh, work out what they were going to do with their dining and and, okay. and activities in town okay. before the sort of internet took over in terms of yeah. research it was the, the, the place that you would time, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, and businesses would advertise in there to um, obviously sell their wares and mm. the job was to sell the advertising space so um, John actually said to me you're you won't stay for long, you won't be working for me for long. And I, I was very polite and said, no, of course I will be, but I mm. do have one more interview uh, with uh, the hotel, with St. Moritz. Okay. And
0: uh, And what was it, that first job at Hotel St. Moritz that the that the you were obviously getting interviewed for?
1: Uh, that was, I think, sales assistant or something to do with, maybe it was sales and marketing assistant, I can't re- actually remember my first job title, but it was fairly entry-level um, role at the hotel, and the minute I walked in the door of the hotel, I fell in love with it, and uh, had a great interview with the then general manager, Lynn McVicker. And uh, we became fast friends. And uh, unfortunately, I never actually started at White Waters. I no, politely declined the, yeah. the opportunity and went straight to St. Moritz. And I'm yeah. still here. So, <clears> you've, <throat> so you've been
0: working here 21, 22 years. I say. have 22 years. Yeah. 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 So that no, that's really that that shows dedication. You don't get a lot of people um, applying themselves, working in one particular location or. Or for one particular employer for for that long, I myself I've sort of fit into that mould a little bit. I've been working in the same place since two thousand, but mm. um, but obviously, uh, so that so I can certainly appreciate you know obviously your um, loyalty and all that sort of stuff, and you obviously enjoy this place. What is um, when you first got here twenty two years ago? What's has the hotel changed much in that time? Mm. I mean, obviously the do a, the odd renovation here or there, or has it been developed quite a bit during that time
1: or most definitely we try and evolve the hotel constantly Mm. Uh, it's had a couple of big renovations Um, most recently we've just put in some new elevators which has been um, uh, tricky to navigate our way around and whilst we're trading but um, but they're pretty lovely now but yes, we, we constantly evolve. We've changed brands several times during uh, my tenure and um, it's part of the attraction actually is that we keep trying to innovate and, and tweak things. Obviously COVID has yeah. been an uh, unexpected tweak.
0: Um,
1: but yeah, we're, we're always doing new things.
0: Yeah, no, um, what sort of attracted me to, to stay here in 2019 about five years ago, I, I um, got on a core, a core card. Oh, yes, uh, yeah. joined a, in a core. And uh, since getting in a core card, you always like to try when you're going on a holiday or you're going around the world, you like to try to stay at um, a core type hotels where you can because you know it's yeah. a good experience. Um, and there's lots of di- different types of banners that come under a core. How long has this particular hotel been under that banner?
1: It, it, mm. Since it opened actually in yeah. 1998, so okay. wow. um, the developer of the hotel, Graham Wilkinson, who mm. is still uh, who we like to refer to as our owner, mm. he has is, he is, um, uh, always been loyal to a core and uh, we actually opened as a Novotel, funnily enough. Um, so, we, so this was a Novotel when? How long ago?
0: 1998
1: for okay. a few years. I mean, and the, By
0: the time you got here, it was Hotel St. Maritz.
1: Well, it was always it was called Saint Moritz Novotel Suites. So, um, okay. we've always been a little particular in our uh, in our interpretation of the rules of brands with, uh, yeah. with the core. and uh, it was never really a, a traditional Novotel. Yeah. So it. it uh it has always carried the name St Moritz mm. and I did join when it was an Overtel and then we moved into a, a brand at the time called the McCure Grand then it was a Grand Mercure <laughs> then it was uh, M Gallery uh, which is uh, its brand to this day yeah.
0: yeah M Gallery yeah um yeah so that's I mean obviously and then, as I said we, we spoke about you've been here since since um then uh, obviously, moving up the ranks and being a, an assistant to start off with and, and, and obviously progressing, um, up, I guess, up the, the chain to a degree uh, in this hotel space, what sort of uh, really sort of got you um, thinking that this could be your career, um, you know, work, a lot of your career, not the whole career, of course, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, what really sort of said, okay, well, I'm going to make the most of this opportunity and I'm going to, you know, and then end up being the general manager, you know?
1: um look for me this my my attachment to or loyalty to a core to graham wilkinson to um the this hotel in particular has been fairly holistic uh because everything has suited me at the time and has kept me really interested and challenged and um, stretched mentally and so forth. So I I have never had um, a real drive to move on because we continue to be faced with some pretty interesting challenges. Um, I love this industry. Uh, I love the people that I work with, and uh, so whilst there's a immense challenges at the moment um, and really we in terms of that stretch it has been um pretty exhausting for the last few years Mm. um the way this role and the opportunity and everything fits with my life it kind of works so i don't i don't see the need to upset that apple cart no fair enough
0: so that's that's, that's obviously uh, you know obviously you get comfortable in a in, in a role and you enjoy it. That's what part of it. The people that you work with very important that you you know yeah, you get on with the people at the similar level uh, in the chains and that sort of stuff. Um, tell us about um, the I guess the Queenstown Chamber of Commerce. Obviously mm. you're, you're on the board. Mm-hmm. Uh, when did you first sort of get associated with the Queenstown Chamber of Commerce? How long have you been a, associated and I get what. What was the sort of drive to be on the board? I guess. I guess your history with it.
1: Yeah, so um, I have been on the board now for a couple of terms, and my initial interest, um, basically, within our cohort of hotel general managers in Queenstown, we um, strive to have a very close relationship with um, the chamber. Uh, as well as other key organisations in town where we have um, uh, an interest in terms of um, making sure that policy and settings and what have you are all um, heard and that we have a, a voice, I guess. And so um, the Chamber, uh, Jim Moore, who's the General Manager of Zenovatel, was a board member of Chamber uh and i saw how the name
0: was just in my head actually oh really
1: (laughs) (laughs) funny um so jim uh, and i've been colleagues for a long long time obviously and i had seen the the great work that jim had done on with with chamber and really interesting uh work and um he uh his term had come up um, the conversation around the wider cohort of general managers was, okay, well, let's see who's kind of keen to maybe put their hat in the ring. And most definitely, there's no rule or requirement for um, a hotel general manager to be on the board. However... I, think,
0: um, I guess it was a good idea. That, that it talk, does. Talking about and getting a good representative on the board. Yeah, that's right. That is a has a role like that. Yeah.
1: So, uh, again... To keep my uh, well, keep me interested and stretched, mm, yep. and, and and learn and be fulfilled in my career. Uh, I I thought, well, I'll give it a give it a crack. Yeah, for sure. and I've loved it. It's really really interesting.
0: Yeah. So so basically, um, so been on the for a couple of terms, uh, and you have obviously been involved in the chamber of commerce prior to that. You, um, you know, obviously leading up to those, those times as well. I mean, have you sort of seen the chamber of commerce, and you? Um, I think um, it's a very important part of, of the business here in Queenstown, and I think it really um, goes a little bit beyond what a Chamber of Commerce usually even does. Yeah. Um, the, the amount of extra events and training they've certainly been offering more in recent years um, surprises me a little bit, but I think it's really, really good that they do that. What What do you think about the, I mean, the influence that it has? And, um, the Chamber and all that sort of stuff and and what and what sort of involvement do you sort of have in anything there?
1: Oh the Chamber is um, a, quite a remarkable organisation and it is so because of the membership and the level of engagement of the membership as well as the, the team that run the Chamber and of course slightly more on the outer um and the board uh of course the board are keen to be supporting the the work of the chamber and making sure that we are talking about the key issues that are facing the commercial uh, side of Queenstown um and that obviously changes depending on the on what's happening in the economy, what's, what's happening in town and um, most certainly uh, areas of tourism, uh, of anything to do with um, you know, the growth of the town uh, and making sure that we are increasing our capability of, of our business people. Um, and so that that comes into that sort of learning uh, space where we, we know and we can we can feel that there's a real um, uh, interest in advancing our, our staff and our, our teams and ourselves um, as well as networking and being a, a real connector in town uh, for people. you know we have a really interesting makeup of our commercial entities in, in Queenstown uh, and so we want to be sure that we have a strong voice nationally and uh, that, that we're a, a place where people can feel supported. Um, you know, I, I will never forget that first uh, Business After Five event after we were let out of lockdown and, and oh, okay. just it was just so wonderful to see everybody and uh, we, we're very, very lucky, yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely. I like the Business After Five events. They're really good uh, Really good networking events. I think i have booked for next week. Um, so always, you always look forward to those sort of catch ups Yeah, for absolutely. sure. Um, just going back to your career a little bit, sorry. Um, so the opportunity to become the general manager, tell us about how that role sort of was offered to you um, and uh, the opportunity at the time and I guess the skills that you've developed over the years to be able to be fairly confident that you would do a, a great job as general manager.
1: So that's an interesting one. Um, I So prior to being the GM here, my role was Director of Sales, Distribution and Marketing. So I was essentially, I think, a 2IC to the GM and I was uh, really involved in the sort of commercial settings of the hotel. Um, and I absolutely loved it so I uh, really didn't want to be the GM I never had my eyes set on that role and uh, actually used to observe the GM from time to time and I used to think oh my god poor thing I don't I can't imagine managing all those people and not you know really getting involved in, in the problem-solving that's required um, so It wasn't until the general manager uh, actually needed to leave fairly swiftly uh, through a life event and a very personal situation. And I could sense at the time that the heads of department that I was working with and the broader team, it was not appropriate to have someone external come in and lead us at that time it, yeah. it just felt like a time when we needed to actually kind of close ranks almost yeah um so i stepped in an acting role uh and felt it was only because i felt very strongly that an external presence was none of us wanted it um and so it evolved from there i i found that i really enjoyed it that I could do it and that uh, I, yeah, that I was up for it. So, so I sort of inherited the role uh, unexpectedly, but then kind of realized I enjoyed it. Yeah.
0: I also think the important thing with a general manager is a successful one in, in particular, and I'm sure you possess this, you know, obviously great people skills, uh, how do they sort of develop over time? Is that something that you just sort of got more confident with or have you always been a people's person from way back?
1: Probably have been a people person from way back. I One of the careers I was tossing up with when I was at university was HR um, and I had been in sales forever, really right since Collier's days mm. and that sales aspect to me i had the ability to engage with different people and and uh enjoy their company and and um so forth so i guess the i i'm fundamentally an introvert so i actually very much in a happy place when i'm in a spreadsheet and by myself Um, so the The socialising and uh, entertaining and uh, generally being around a big team of people does um, is something that I can can do and I'm very happy there. Um, But I do retreat to a um, a spreadsheet from from time to time um, to to re-energise. But yeah, probably the the people aspect. I'm really interested in people's stories and how they strive and how they. Try so hard for our guests, and it really warms my heart to see them, um, you know, turning up every day and, and and working so hard. It's quite extraordinary. They're very complex businesses, hotels, yeah, and uh, rely on people a great deal.
0: Okay, just looking at that part then so, staffing obviously, it's been an issue at least the last few years um, mm-hmm. within the industry that you're in. Um, so, tell us a little bit about how you, I guess some of the, the ways you've had to solve that, that um, staffing crisis, perhaps if you call it that, uh, for the hotel and, uh, and obviously the effects that really COVID had on everything over that first couple of years in particular.
1: Yeah, look, um, I recall in 2019 before COVID even happened we were finding it more and more difficult to secure staff. I think the culture and expectations of staff had begun to change, attitudes had changed um, and then we rolled into COVID and it really was just a, a, a total train wreck of, um, of unfortunate uh, human toll on, on everyone we were in a position where we did have to go through some redundancies and say goodbye to some incredible people that we worked with which was um heart-wrenching gut-wrenching and um fortunately we've been able to bring some of them back which is amazing but we did yeah. uh, you know the, the extreme shrink and then grow again uh was incredibly difficult and I know there's so many businesses in our in our shoes trying to do the same thing Um, massive loss of know-how generally I believe in the western world uh, in terms of our industry anyway and I know others are probably the same Um, so a lot of growing pains for sure and they are ongoing Um, we did try to you know during COVID when we're we did shut the hotel for a few months during lockdown. Yeah. So mm. closing a twenty-four hour business uh, and then reopening it is is quite an interesting challenge because we've never done that before. Mm. Um. So we we managed through that, uh, but with a lot of stress and stretch and um, discomfort, to be honest, trying to trying to get that done. Um. I believe people have been carrying around a great deal of worry and uncertainty, so that's really hard to ask a lot of people when they have other things on their mind. That's now been replaced with uncertainty around housing for them. Um, So, yeah, it's been incredibly difficult. One thing we did really well was to sort of hybridise some of the traditional roles that we had in the hotel. We blended... Uh, front office for example with the restaurant so we asked people to be able to welcome someone at the front door check them in and then go and make them a drink at the bar yeah. you know that sort of we were yeah. a great deal smaller we weren't dealing with as many guests yeah uh, so we tried to be really efficient with with our staff and some of the staff really rose to the occasion with that mm-hmm. they were incredible
0: yeah, so um, let's just talk talk about the staffing here. Um, what if what would your estimate be on how many people currently work here at the hotel?
1: Uh, we have on the books about ninety.
0: And what is that the is that the ideal number or is the ideal number a bit more than that? On
1: paper, it's actually the ideal number. So we okay, we good. finished twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. Well, we basically entered COVID at about ninety head count. Yep. However, the composition of that ninety is very, very different, yeah, so, for example, we have a huge chunk of that ninety now are uh, students, yeah, so a massive shout out to our Wakatipu high school students. Who, so how did you
0: sort of get involved there? was it did you sort of promote that okay there's some opportunities here at at the hotel for for yeah, for high school kids or
1: Uh, A little bit organically, to be honest, Um, so I've had two boys who were at high school who have had, yeah, 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 Yeah. they're they're sort of out the other end now, but um, so they've had jobs with us, Limit Vickers girls have worked for us, Graham's kids have worked for us, you know, over the years we've always had uh, a few doing a little bit of work experience, we then had uh, a few more, and then their friends, and then their friends, mm. and it's um it's a lovely sort of organic mm. scenario. Um, but they are the most tremendous, mm. uh, fantastic uh, workers, and we love having them on the team. But they don't work full time, mm. no. and you know we have to be respectful mm. of their. Their learning and the hours that they can do so yeah. of the 90 um we also have university students yeah um we have a, a little handful of working holiday visas yeah. and then uh some locals and yeah a bit of a wide variety
0: but i guess the hardest types of roles to fill are they chef roles cleaners or just general bar staff
1: all of the above <laughs> <laughs> All of the above. Equally, okay. Um, for, for different reasons, yep. yeah. Okay. So um, at the moment, our uh, our vacancies would tend to be uh, where there are unusual, unsociable hours. Yeah. So like in the night team. Yeah. Um, our vacancies are in the bar. We'd love a, a mixologist or a... a <laughs> Fancy bartender, be pretty fantastic. Yeah, cocktail maker, um, and then in the front office, yeah. Okay. But um, overall, at the moment, I feel m- the most optimistic uh, than I have mm. that I have been for a long time.
0: So, who would you say, um, if I was to ask you, uh, who are your mentors or heroes in life that have sort of maybe sh- somewhat shaped your career?
1: Oh, goodness. Um, probably quite a few people. Uh, it, yeah, that's a really tricky question for me because I don't necessarily believe in sort of setting your eyes on one or two, one or yeah, two people yeah. and just kind of completely. Following and
0: a lot of different influences.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But a lot of people say their
0: parents. Um,
1: Yeah, for sure. My that goes without saying. um, I have uh, so many members of my family, and uh, for varying reasons, for sure. Um, Undoubtedly, Lynn McVicker, who's still a very close friend, and I still work with her. Um, Graham Wilkinson. Yeah. Without question. Um, a lot of senior people in a corps who have been around for a long time. There's incredible tenure in a, a corps as well. Um, my colleagues here in Queenstown, so Jim Moore, yep. Jeremy Samuel, Samuels, and Prashil Turi, mm. um, etc. etc. There are plenty of people who I look to for advice and camaraderie for mm. sure.
0: Okay, I'm going to talk a little bit about um, obviously part of being in the hotel industry, you know, people travel, you know, to, to enjoy an experience. Tell us, I guess, where, if I was to ask you, travelling to around other parts of the world, what's the most memorable place that you've travelled to or the most memorable sort of hotel you've stayed at?
1: Uh, okay, so travel for me is... Not something I crave, mm-hmm. which is really weird for me okay. being in I mean, the travel you know, industry. Not
0: it runs, yeah. to get out. Yeah,
1: there. Um, but when I do travel, I I love it, and I'm actually uh, love traveling in New Zealand, mm-hmm. and again the sailing background and getting into the bush, etc., that sort of thing is my kind of travel. However, Japan for me is um, really special, uh, and my, my family and I, are, we're all snowboarders, and so uh, snowboarding in Japan and up in the, the villages up there, um, just magic, yeah, mm. so again, hotel experiences, I'm not, I'm not one for hotel experiences, to be honest, again, really ridiculous thing to say <laughs> for a hotelier, um, but maybe it's because it's work.
0: Yeah, so, I guess you it's know, it's too close
1: I to the yes. the lens I have when I stay in a hotel is, is all the way work.
0: Yeah, yeah. No yeah. Make, makes, make, I've make ruined sense. it for myself. <laughs> uh, well that, that can happen I guess but yeah. but uh, you know, obviously when you when you get to, to work at, in this sort of setting and, and location you're saying, well, is it, is it really as good as this? <laughs> you know, we were looking at we've got this beautiful sort of lake view um, in our backyard sort of thing and you know that's that's always gonna and that's I get, right, I to nothing come, much measured that to to, you yeah. know you know, for twenty plus years I get to experience this in day in, day out sort yeah. of thing. So yeah. I can understand uh, you know, that just yeah.
1: So yeah. I think yeah, for us the staying in a Ryokan in, in Japan and a in a wrapped and stacked like sardines on a cloud of feathers, um, in a tatami room is mm absolutely brilliant
0: mm. yeah so 2023 what do you think that looks is it any sort of goals that you're setting or you just want to sort of ease into the year and just see what the year brings before sort of uh working out how to how to go through this particular year that we're in or because obviously in the past we've had these you know COVID that was a bit unexpected at the time it, It's and people have sort of got their eyes open as to what's what's in the future we learned yesterday that um you know Jacinda Ardern has stepped down at as the Prime Minister and she'll be out pretty soon. Um, yeah, so what do you think 2023 is going to hold for you in New Zealand?
1: Um, for for us, this is about concluding our recovery. Uh, certainly in the first quarter, we are still dealing with, you know, we're dealing with a lot of pent up demand for international travel. Yeah. Um, which is fantastic, but we have to deliver, we have to layer up and return a lot of services and um, know-how back into our industry. So it's relearning, retraining, putting back what we took out
0: Mm -hmm.
1: uh, a a lot. Then looking forward, um, this is about developing people. So for us it's about making sure that we see each and every person in the business, make sure that they are on the right path and that we are really striding ahead. Mm. I feel like the last three years progress has not been, well it's had to be reinterpreted and progress really has been survival, so now it's about actual progress. So. I'm pretty optimistic, uh, not around the, you know, smashing records and that kind of thing, but actually optimistic for people and returning ourselves to something we can be really proud of.
0: Yeah, no, definitely.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah, so um, I guess just just on Jacinda Ardern, how, how have you sort of uh, found her as, as a Prime Minister of New Zealand? And obviously she's been there for five years, um, maybe unexpected that she's decided to leave. Um, what do you think about how how the, the I guess the country's been led in that time, and um, what what do you see in the future?
1: Oh, Tricky, um, I think she's an incredible leader, mm-hmm. and uh, I think she has been pretty remarkable at her age and stage, and what she's been up for in mm. terms of motherhood and career and leading a whole country and of course we've had a, a few good crises in the mix, yeah. uh, however I'm pretty pleased, uh, I, my personal politics are not aligned with hers Yeah. and so I'm uh, looking forward to the election, I think it'll be really interesting, uh, I don't think it's going to be a, a show-in for any of our parties and so um, yeah. I think What I'm looking forward to is uh, an opportunity for us to all have our say and Mm. certainly from a commercial perspective um, there has been some pretty crazy settings that Mm. we need to realign and uh, make doing business in New Zealand a whole lot more um, not easy but sensible.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with that. That's, that's very valid points. Um, I guess anything sort of final that you wanted to sort of bring up uh, to, I guess, uh, conclude this podcast has been very, very interesting. Joe. it's been good to hear your thoughts a bit about your story. Is there anything we've left out that you wanted to, to talk about?
1: No, look, um, I've really enjoyed my morning. Thank you very much. And, um, yeah, I just want to wish everyone a, a great 2023. Um, yeah.
0: No worries. Thank you very much, Joe. That's been Joe Finnegan, uh, the General Manager of Hotel St. Moritz here. Uh, it's the 20th of January, 2023, Episode 43 of From the Resort Podcast. I've been your host, Tim Wilshire. Thank you very much, and uh, you'll hear another episode of the podcast soon.